Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday afternoon. We got all the good vibrations today. It's February 9th, 2024, and we got your afternoon rush coming to you right now. Last uh, rush hour episode before Super Bowl weekend. Tomorrow, we will have Braden and Christina on, which is going to be a fantastic conversation. We hear from Braden and Christy, Christina, Krusty Christina. They joined me in the Tesla for a really great conversation about how they found each other. Turns out Christina may have slid in to Brayden's DMs, gave him the old uh, nice uh, mention, you know, uh, introduced herself. And it's actually a really funny story. Of course, they were both soft villains on their season in the sense that they, you know, had drama surrounding them, but really just based on their personality types. Because I got to tell you, they were both fantastic in this interview. You would not want to miss it. So that'll drop for you tomorrow morning and so much else out there. I'm not going to take much time addressing the article written about me uh, because it's really fan fiction. Uh, but there was, uh, you know, an article accusing me of being the sort of uh, person weaponizing a lot of hate that's out there. I will use I will use this to remind people about how much love we plan on sharing. I am going to share so much loving energy on this podcast and every other platform I have, it will drown out all the hate that might exist in being weaponized against me. As you all know, we've been in pursuit, hot pursuit, uh, for the truth with journalistic uh, integrity, sharing public-made court documents, an interest of an audience wanting justice. And in that elevation of the justice, we have seen folks weaponize uh, due to the collateral damage of their own uh, consequences of lying, of fraud, of deceiving, of manipulation, of abusing the court system. We've seen that, you know, it's almost like throwing holy water on an exorcism, on, on, the, uh, on the kid in the exorcism. You know what I mean? We're just like, praise Jesus. You throw the holy water and it burns right off of their skin. That's what has happened through the consequences of their own actions and me helping tell the story of people that you might even say didn't have the voice or platform, including Clayton Eckerd, because no one wanted to believe this guy, but thanks to your generosity and audience and all of our members of Patreon and those that paid for the GoFundMe, we've been able to elevate the truth. And in doing so, as a result, we've been threatened ad nauseum with defamation. And I have to remind people, uh, we are a multi-talented podcast platform, both giving you entertainment news commentary, and in essence, also, while delivering new information, we act as journalists. I say we, but it's me. And it's not a title I've wanted to hold lightly, because it's like, come on, I just want to be a stand-up comedian. But when put into certain circumstance, that's That's the title we have. That's the department. The department of the justice we seek for Clayton is the department of providing the journalism, the platform, the uh, the place that can broadcast through a megaphone the truth that is out there, the fraud, the lies, and all of that. So while I would never want to be sued, as I just was, again, um, I have to say, uh, after an article was written about me that I just found out about, you know, this is hot press info. Um, I have to say, it seems like it's not going to go away. So the best thing that we can do 
and you can do is continue to help share this story. Help share this uh, threatening of the First Amendment, which I don't say lightly. I have no, you know, I've never had anyone tell me what to say or not to say as a stand-up comedian. And now through pushing, you know, you know, and again, a private company could tell me, hey, Dave, don't talk about this. It's unbecoming. You can't do that. You can't do this. But when it comes to the public, I will not stand for someone using threats of defamation on me to try to silence me when I've only tried to share the truth. You know, a small part of me actually thought, well, maybe now that she dismissed her case against me, she'll do a driving with Dave and we can actually hear her full side of the story. That's not going to happen. What will happen is we will continue to elevate every inch and every corner of this great earth, the truth, the story. And maybe throughout all of that elevation, as we have always said, sunlight is the greatest disinfectant. All we are going to try to do is provide as much sunlight as possible towards the truth. Not to hate anybody, not to send anybody any threatening messages. We would never want that. We would never want someone's mental health to be crushed by the truth. But if the consequences of someone's own deceit, actions, lying, and all of that is that they understand that th- that they've hurt others, well, you know, consequences do exist. And again, I encourage, as I have ad nauseum, my audience doesn't pursue this person with any vitriol privately. Don't contact them privately or publicly. Just get the information through us, through the sources that we provide, and we'll continue to tell the story. But, you know, because there are people, whether fabricated by her or whether fabricated by trolls, these people are actually doing harm to me and to my family by now weaponizing what Jane Doe can say about me, that I'm somehow responsible for the hate she's receiving, which I completely uh, deny any responsibility as all I want is ju- is, is uh, justice to be uh, received for all of the victims that have had to deal with her. I mean, a wicked amount of, uh, of people have had to deal with her. She's only in her early 30s. You know what I mean? How, I mean, literally... It's almost like if you if you if you took the average of all of the court cases she's been a part of, she's got like a new court. She's got she's got like multiple a year that she goes through. You know, most people go their whole life with never being in the court system. I'm 38. I went until 38 years old without ever having to deal with a lawsuit or harassment or things like that. But I've quickly learned that the only way to fight this is with strength, and the strength comes in my community with all of your support. So thank you guys all so so much for that. Okay, with all. All that aside, let's get into the uh, petty bachelor bullshit. And that is Medina commenting on TikTok about how um, she doesn't want to be upset over the age comment she made on Joey season of The Bachelor. You might remember this. She was on Joey season, uh, or currently is, um, and mentioned like, oh my gosh, why, you know, I'm too old and she's 32 or whatever. Well, here's what she has to say on her social media because, of course, this led to Sydney defending her and getting in a fight with Maria. It's really spiraled out of control. Sydney's had to delete her own Instagram about gaslighting and everyone's on Team Maria's side because they see that her words were twisted. Hey, Maria... I know what it feels like. Either way, here's what Medina had to say. I'm going to make this short and sweet. Do I regret using the word bully? Yes. Will I always use the right words at the right times, especially when I'm feeling a lot of different emotions? Absolutely not. But one thing I will never, ever regret, even if it gives me backlash. Oh, so she just dropped the DMs. She said she's not going to regret even if he gives her backlash. And I guess these are private messages um, from people, from trolls. I, you know, I get it. I understand. So she then exposes the trolls right there. 
opening up and being vulnerable. So, so look, no one should privately message Medina. Of course, I don't uh, endorse that whatsoever. And she did say she regrets saying she felt bullied. Bullying is just, you know, it's, it's an easy thing to say, but you have to look into it and, and really break it down because it is a tough accusation to make on someone. No one wants to be called a bully. I certainly don't. I don't want to be called a bully. That's why, you know, with my case, I've never made fun of this person's like physical appearance or whatever. I've, I've tried to use truth and humor to, to, to rise above all of that. Uh, but you, you know, with Medina and with her case, she said, well, I felt bullied and all this. And it's like, no, Maria, no, no one bullied you. And sadly, because of that, Sydney sort of hijacked, uh, Medina's story and kind of made it all about her. And now she's, and now, now Sydney's getting all the love, uh, not the love, but the attention, at least here's charity commenting former bachelor at charity on if she's team Sydney or team Maria. Have a listen. All right, there she is. She said she is Team Maria. We'll be back with a ton of content. Get ready for the Super Bowl. We got all your news right after this. Fan goes into labor in mosh pit during Pink's concert. Singer stops the concert. Oh, look, I mean, I'm not blaming the fan. You know, you buy tickets a year in advance. Next thing you know, you do a little nookie. And next thing you know, you're at Pink's concert. I think you got to name the kid Pink. A whole new performance unfolded at Pink's Sydney concert with a woman going into labor in the middle of the mosh pit. I mean, uh, you know, people might say, why was she in the mosh pit in the first place? Well, maybe the baby is into, maybe the baby was into a, you know, obviously you want to protect yourself. The singer called pause at her stadium gig halfway through singing our song with the footage picking up after she realizes concert goers signaling to her that the pregnant fan was wheeled away by a medic. You know what makes it hard in a posh pit when you got slippery amniotic fluid all over the place? Well, your water breaks. You're trying to, you know, do a good uh, pink dance. It's a whole thing out there. Well, in other news, transgender woman sued ex-boyfriend over tossed out balls, but judge says no case. A transgender woman who who sued her ex-boyfriend for throwing out her balls apparently didn't have a case worth litigating because the judge tossed her suit, not to mention the boyfriends. Brianna Kingsley had recently filed a lawsuit against William Wachowski, I can't pronounce this Polish name, Wachowski, we'll call it, in Detroit, whom she was dating a couple years ago. My question is this, were the balls thrown out um, on purpose or not? Uh, Apparently it was a big back and forth. He said, we're talking about my nuts. I wanted them in the fridge, not his. The damages were the law of these nuts. Oh boy, you can't even have a story these days without name dropping the nuts. All right, so either way, I don't even know how that story ends. The judge threw out the balls and the case. Travis Kelsey bombs at reciting Taylor Swift lyrics. All right, Sunday's the big day. We're all going to be watching the Super Bowl, which features Taylor Swift's boyfriend at tight end. Here's what he had to say. Oh boy, he flubbed a lyric. I was wondering if you can help me complete this lyric here. Karma is the guy on the... Chiefs, of course. Finish it. Coming straight. I can't believe the reporter put Travis Kelsey on the spot like this. What's the second question? <laughs> I think uh, the values that we stand for and just, uh, you know, who we are as people. We, uh, we love to uh, shine light on others, shine light around the people that, that, that help and support us. Um, and on top of that, we just, I, I feel like we both have uh, just a love for life. 
There it is. Oh, boy. Tough day. I mean, look, the guy's trying to remember all of the new surprise plays he's bringing to the Super Bowl. And then you've got reporters trying to catch him in a... Look, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's got a lot of songs, but that's kind of one of her big ones. All right, Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's brother, said he would love to host Saturday Night Live. Of course, mega personality from the Philadelphia Eagles. I think he retired, but now he's saying maybe he's not going to retire. Here's Because, uh, of course, his brother Travis has hosted SNL. Here's what Jason has to say. Listen, what's up, man? What's up? Hey, su- super quick. I got. Are you on the move? If SNL calls, okay? Yes. People love you right now. Would yes. you say yes? SNL? Hell yeah. Would you do it? I love SNL. It's one of the shows I grew up watching. It's an iconic show of uh, uh, great proportions and hilarity. And yeah, I would obviously. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I mean, I saw you did the Abbott Elementary. That's like, you know, Emmy-winning show. You- I had a very easy part of that. It would be much <laughs> different doing SNL. But, I mean, listen, I got, I got I was fortunate to watch Travis do it last year. Yeah. And really see what all goes into it. Uh, I, I came away beyond impressed with uh, all the people involved in making that show work and all the yeah. talent that's there. Yeah. Uh, it would be beyond an honor to uh, participate in something like that, for sure. Hey, last question. What's up? Everyone's probably going to be trying to hound. Last question. What's the lyric to this song by Taylor, Taylor this weekend? Yeah. Any message to them from from the from the from from big uh, from big bro? I, I don't I don't know that I have any message for that. <laughs> I think uh, she's uh, very used to that, so I think she'll be able to manage <laughs> in uh, whatever way she needs to. Hey right. man, we love you so much, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. There it is. Travis Kelsey's older brother, Jason Kelsey, saying he would do Saturday Night Live. Well, from the Kelseys to Taylor Swift, she's got four shows this weekend in Tokyo, selling out selling out 200,000 seats. Now, don't get me wrong. She's got four shows at 50,000 seats each. Now, not to brag, but we just got our numbers for this month on the podcast. And guess what? 200,000 downloads from you guys. That doesn't count the million that we get on YouTube. We get a million views a month on YouTube. And again, I understand I make like 17 videos a day. So really, that's only like a thousand people if you do the math. No, it's not. It's about 5,000 lucky folks, maybe five to 10,000, whatever the number may be. I want to thank everybody. My little Taylor Swift army over here, uh, you know, it's not not exactly Swifty Nation, but Dave, Dave Neely Nation, whatever the hell you want to call it. I appreciate you guys so much. Well, she's in Tokyo, but she had a stairway stumble, a quick recovery. Here's the fans gasping when she stumbled down a stairway. Have a listen. That was it. That was the moment. You just heard someone go, ha, ha, ha. So anyway, of course, I mean, she's all over the place. She's going to stumble down a stairway. I got to say, she needs to start doing agility training in the offseason with Travis. Wouldn't that be nice? Travis is doing all of the high knee kicks and the uh, ladder work and all of the lateral uh, sort of um, agility training. And I, I could see Taylor Swift out on the gridiron with the uh, little black strips under the eyes. She's got the uh, powder puff vibes going on. Wouldn't that be nice? All right. We'll have to see on Sunday if... If Taylor will make it back. I'm sure they'll be tracking her jet. We'll have to see if she makes it back to the big dance. Well, Brad Pitt congratulates Bradley Cooper. He said, hangover made him believe in Bradley, which again, sounds like a joke. I'm not really sure, even though it was one of the biggest grossing comedies of all time. Brad Pitt knew Bradley Cooper was going to be a star, not because of his Oscar nominated performances, but because of a more comedic role. The 60 year old actor hit the stage at the Santa Barbara International Film Festival Thursday to give his 49 year old compadre 
Andre the Outstanding Performer of the Year Award for his part as Leonard Bernstein in Maestro, a movie he also directed and co-wrote. It's a top honor at the event, and it gave Bradley uh, uh, Brad Pitt the opportunity to talk about Cooper's work throughout the years. Maestro is the fifth performance for which Cooper received an Acting Academy Award nod, by the way, but Pitt didn't point to any of those performances. Instead, he heaped praise on Bradley Cooper for his role in The Hangover. Pitt pointed out the subtle intricacies of Cooper's performance, saying so many of the moments Cooper makes great have very little to do with him improving the film from the side of the screen in a sense. Pretty impressive for a movie where one of the main characters is a tiger. So anyways, I I personally have been a huge fan of Bradley Cooper ever since he played the boyfriend in Wedding Crashers. Do you remember that? He played the boyfriend that, again, maybe this this could have been a, um, you know, very, you should, you shouldn't drug anybody, but the characters of Luke, uh, of, uh, what was it? Owen Wilson. And who's the other guy's name? Uh, uh you, you know, what I'm talking about what, the, what's the tall guys. Okay. Either way, they, uh, they doused Bradley Cooper's, uh, characters drink with, um, some sort of diarrheal or, uh, medication and he got the shits. And I tell you what, that is an Oscar worthy performance if you ask me. All right, what is there left to be said that hasn't been said already? I don't think there's too much. So I'm going to let you guys off a little early today. That's right. We're going to we're going to call it a little early. I've got a big uh I got a lot I'm dropping right after this on social media, including some teasers for my Braden and Christina interview, which will be up first thing tomorrow. Well, we might have some other content. We might have some Patreon live streams. Maybe I'll do a Patreon live stream when Tasha and I make some chili for the big game. So if you want to join us over there, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. I have to remind you, the fight for truth and justice is not over. I'm telling you that it is not a, a, a subtle threat. We are dealing with somebody that is really wanting to put a lot of pain and agony into our world. But I tell you what, I'm not going to let it dim my lantern. Uh, my light has never shined stronger and brighter. And I want to share that with all of you. Uh, I always talk about Albert Einstein. I'll say it ad nauseum. He said, decide if you live in a friendly or unfriendly world. My world is friendly. The amount of people I've met, the amount of legal help I've received, the amount of support from all of you out there is unbelievable. Now, it doesn't mean I haven't been through my own hardships and weird, you know, th- you know, like it's it's been a hell of a mental toll. But what I've learned is that there are far more people that support the truth and that support love. I'm happy to have you. I really appreciate you. I will not let that go unnoticed throughout this whole mess. Thank you guys all so, so much for the love. I genuinely really, really appreciate it. You're going to enjoy my conversation with Christina and Brayden tomorrow. Maybe you're not a big Bachelor fan. You don't need to be. When you talk about love and light, they both possess that. And I think we captured it in that conversation. Everyone have a fantastic Friday. Crack a Diet Coke for me. Have a slice of cauliflower pepperoni pizza. Let's get ready for a great weekend. And as always, I'm Dave Neal, and this is The Motherfucking Rush. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush. Come <laughs> on.